All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Tuesday, February 28th of 2023, last day of February here. Tomorrow will be March 1st. So looking forward to having baseball back in March. Should be a fun time, uh, you know, kind of the the uh, start of a new season there. But on tap tonight, we got a 10-game NBA slate as well as a 10 game hockey slate. So ton of DFS action coming at you guys on a Tuesday. Tuesdays are usually like a lighter NBA day. So nice to see a big, huge uh, Tuesday slate for you. Uh, also looking ahead, we got golf this week as well as, you know, NASCAR over the weekend. I think Formula One is coming back as well. So ton of DFS action. If you guys have questions, you guys know where to post them live in the YouTube chat or in the Office Hours channel. In our Discord server, I am Coach Andrew over here at SaberSim. And if you guys are not in the Discord, there is a link in the description below to get joined up. Also, a link to a seven-day, no-strings-attached free trial. Join up, check us out, get your questions answered on this show, Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. You can find me here. Uh, but that being said, you can get SaberSim pulled up here. See, we have a lot of viewers tuning in now. Uh, welcome, everybody. We actually have no questions at the moment to get us started. So I'm going to start off with the NBA injury report is a big 10 game slate. So it should be plenty of injury news to talk about. I've been seeing players getting rolled out left and right over the last like 24 hours or so. So we are going to start with a first look at the uh, NBA injury report for tonight. Help you guys get an idea of what to keep your eyes on, what to research further and, uh, you know, just kind of where you might want to take some stance. So we're going to start off with there. If anybody has any questions, now is a great time to get them posted, either in the Office Hours channel or in the YouTube chat. But looking ahead here, uh, let's see what we got going on. As far as questionables, I think our first kind of relevant questionables come up at this. This is a central time, so 7 p.m. central time here. Jamal Murray, Kevin Porter possibly back, and then De'Aaron Fox is probably another big name here. So I, I would say that, you know, this, this first set of games uh, slate starts at seven 30 Eastern tonight, not super important. We may or may not have this news for this uh, 7 PM central start time, but you know, these are definitely names that I am watching and keeping my eye on uh, Trey Jones possibly returning is also important. Um, Zubak, maybe, maybe not. Let's hover over to uh back to saber sim here give me one second uh gonna hop back to nba and see if i think zubak is important or not but let's pull up the clippers it is like the last one of the last games of the night uh zubak might be important you know could give additional minutes to to mason Plumley. not something i'm uh overly concerned about but we've seen Plumley do really well with Charlotte at times. So, you know, Zubak sits could be a big bump to Plumlee, especially in this later window might get uh, some additional value out of him at low ownership. As far as questionables, I think, you know, these are the names that I'm watching Murray Porter Fox uh, to a lesser extent, Trey Jones and Zubak. And then as far as out players, you know, there are a lot of out players already in the day. So should be plenty of value. Honestly, like tonight we got uh, Monty Morris and Porzingis are out. So that's probably a bump to, I would say, uh, Daniel Gafford here. 
and and we can go over here and look at that. So I'm going to hover over to Washington. Going to start by value, and then Gafford is our big value play of the night at 4,500 salary above a sixth value here. So he's somebody I'm watching. Interestingly to me, uh, Taj Gibson is min salary here, and we only have him projected for 12 minutes, but this is like a spot that I might want to look into. Uh, he has played more minutes when Porzingis has been out because he basically subs directly for Gafford. So at, at earlier in the season, Gafford was like kind of capped to like 25 ish minutes. So I would be interested to see like what the last like month or two have looked like for uh, Gafford and Gibson. And then look into scenarios where Porzingis is out. Uh, I can see Taj probably getting up to like 18, 20 minutes maybe, but you know, I'm in salary. That might be, that might be worth playing, but it is a big 10 game slate. You still might not get to much of him anyways. Uh, but that is a spot that I think could be worth looking into more, seeing how the minute split's going to be with Porzingis out. And then scrolling down here, uh, Shy is still out. You know, we saw OKC uh, players do really well with Shy out. Uh, specifically, like, not Josh Giddy, but players like uh, Lou Dort or Isaiah Joe have been playing fairly well. They still seem uh, fairly, like, manageably priced and manageably owned so could be another good spot here trying to get to some okc value see what else we got going on uh jordan clarkson and colin sexton are out you know tht has been playing a lot with sexton out but with clarkson out too now that opens up even more value on this team for a team that traded away malik beasley so we are expecting chris dunn along with tht Kelly Olenek, Walker Kessler has just been like playing out of his mind. Uh, so, so yeah, another really good spot here with uh, some of these lesser names. I would look into Chris Dunn, see like, you know, how much he's played, how much we're expecting him to play, uh, see if you can get an idea of like how fragile his projection is and then maybe mess around with that post build. I think like a good thing to do that we, uh, that we talk about here is like, uh, what's the word? Like projection, like fragility. And, you know, what you can do is, like, in the post build, affect, uh, adjust somebody's projection and then see how much their exposure changes in the lineups that you've requested here. So, not sure why our build failed here. What I'm just going to do is I'm just going to do a hard reset here, Control-Shift-R, and uh, make sure everything is up to date here. Always a good troubleshooting step for everybody out there. Uh, that is That is what I would do if, like, something just doesn't feel right. Just give the app a good once over reset and uh, run it again and see if you're still having issues. So looks like lineups are building now. No problem. So boom, troubleshooting done. Uh, so, so here I am in the post build, right? I have 20 lineups. I have a hundred percent THT. I have 55% Chris Dunn, uh, you know, come in here and then let's say I want to decrease Chris Dunn by like 10%. So that would put him down to 21.6 points. So then, you know, this is just like a test, right? So like, okay, what happens if I move Chris Dunn down 10%? Still a pretty good play. He goes from 55% to 35%, but you know, he's still like in the, in the top range of our exposures here, like a top 10 exposure uh, still above his ownership. So I think he's probably a pretty good play, even with, a projection adjustment still grading out pretty well here. I'm going to do like the same exact test for THD, somebody who we are, you know, 
really high leverage on putting in all of our lineups. Let's give him a drop uh, 3.8. I'm just going to do 34, uh, 34.2 here. And he's still grading out really well, right? Goes from 100% to 85% with a 10% projection adjustment. Sometimes you're going to get these situations where a 10% projection adjustment like really hurts a player and they go from like 100% to, you know, 50%, 40%. And like somebody like that is somebody that I am more uh, worried about playing uh, just because, you know, such a small change can lead to such a big uh, exposure adjustment from the builder's perspective. So like, in a, if I were to see something like that, I would be a little more concerned, might, might dial my risk back to that individual player, but just some, you know, different ways of looking at things that I want to introduce to you guys and, 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 uh, show you some exposure to some things that I'm doing, some things that, you know, members of the team have suggested in, in different videos and different things like that. Brian said, good afternoon. How's it going, Brian? If you guys, if you have questions, just throw them in the chat and we will get to all of the questions here. Uh, going to keep rolling here and then we're going to hit this question from Chase, but, uh, scrolling down the list, uh, definitely Utah value here. And last but not least, uh, Portland, Portland is interesting, but I think Damian Lillard is back. So I think some of these lesser known names, uh, like Arcidia Kono, not so important. Uh, Nurkic has been out. Winslow has been out, you know, Wiggins has been out. Curry's been out. So, so nothing crazy here. So I'm mostly concerned to like, uh, figure out what, what you want to do with Utah, figure out, I would, I would look into OKC and see, you know, who are like some of the best plays in OKC. Uh, LeBron is out, even though it's not listed here. LeBron James is out. This is like his first day out for a, for a uh, multi-week absence here. So I think that, you know, the Lakers will be pretty interesting here as well as uh, Washington. So like those are like four teams that I'm probably going to be doing some more research on throughout the day. So just one more time, Washington, the Lakers, OKC, and Utah, and then teams that I am watching out for. The news is probably just like this Denver, Houston, Sacramento. So just like uh, trying to lead you guys, uh, you know, down a direction that I think is is worth going. If you guys are uh, somebody who's doing research, somebody who is trying to gain some additional edge, add some value to the process. So those are the places that I would look. But hope you guys enjoy that segment. Going to jump back to the YouTube chat here and uh, going to continue with the show. But if you guys have questions. Now is a great time to get them in, as always. Question here from Chase. In the How to Be Tennis DFS video, Jordan said to adjust sliders as slate size changes, but aren't the sliders already being changed based on the slate size? So you are correct that sliders are being adjusted based on the slate size. Uh, I would have to go back and watch that video that you are referencing. So for anybody asking or wondering here what Chase is referencing, is over on the YouTube channel. You can pull it up. You can go to playlists and then you can go. We, we do how to beat videos for like every sport, NBA, NHL, NFL. Uh, we should have a tennis one here. So it's, it's tennis daily fantasy playlist. You go to view, feel view full playlist says how to beat tennis DFS. We released this after we, we released our tennis sim. So I will make a note to review this video myself. So tennis, uh, DFS video. So chase, what I could do is I can watch this back after the show. And then tomorrow I will, I already made a note for myself. I can, uh, come back and talk about it a little bit. I can also talk to Jordan behind the scenes to see what he was specifically, 
uh, getting out. So give me a little bit to uh, do some research myself, figure out where that um, advice was like kind of rooted in or where it was pointing. And then I can come back and give you guys a better answer on the topic tomorrow. So good question, Chase. Want to get back to you with a thoughtful answer. So we'll be sure to touch on that uh, at the beginning of tomorrow's show. All right. Going to pull Saberson back up. Got a question from Brian. Said, hope all is well. I'm new to Saberson. I'm trying to see how I should attack building the best six-man lineup for NBA and college basketball. I use apps like Price Picks and Underdog Fantasy. Okay. Good question here. So, well, first off, welcome. Glad you're able to uh, join up. Glad you're able to find this show. And if you are looking to build, if you're looking to like, you know, leverage the SaberSim data to build, you know, some type of like flex or or power play, um, six man, you know, parlay over on like price picks. Uh, frankly, my best advice is to uh, join the NBA prop plan. So if you, I don't know what, you know, subscription you have. But if you are on the uh, pro plan, you have the option to do this add-on. It is a uh, NBA props add-on. What we do is we have an internal props model, and then we post one free bet a day if you're on the prop plan, and then we post six additional bets for uh, users on the prop plan. A lot of times, people will take those prop picks and then parlay them, you know, on price picks or things like that. If if they can find the same lines, and I'm told they can find it about. 60% of the time, the prop plan has been very profitable to date. We released it on uh, January 23rd was our first bet of the season. And I'm just pulling it up here really quickly. So it looks like uh, to date, our record is 106 and 70 with a total net units of 38 units. So the prop plan has been very profitable for users who are uh, subscribed to it more than paying for the subscription. I believe like the break-even unit is like $8 a unit, but that can change as um, the season goes on and as your bankroll grows. But I, I would be, uh, you know, if you're if you're specifically interested in like prize picks, I would suggest signing up for the prop plan. One, betting the props. Two, using the props to build your like flex and power plays. And then um, for, for underdog, uh, to be honest, I, I think that's probably a really good question for Jordan. Uh, if, you, if you're in the Discord, you know, shoot a message in the NBA channel. And, you know, a lot of users play underdog. A lot of users place price picks. You'll be able to get some feedback about what other users are doing, how they're leveraging the data. I'm not someone specifically who plays underdog. I know Jordan plays a ton. So if he gets his eyes on that, uh, you could even tag him and ask him a question directly in the channel. And then I'm sure he would be happy to um, share his thoughts on it. Cause I do not know how he is specifically leveraging the, the sim data, but I can ask him. So uh, underdog leverage sims. Cause I, he, he is somebody who's like playing a ton on underdog, but I'll ask him. And then I can talk about that one tomorrow as well, Brian. All right. Mike Carr said on the $1 and one, would you adjust the uniques example three or four for the 70, 47,500 attorney and lower it down to two to three for the one right before lock, usually two to three K 20 max contest. Okay. Good question. So what Mike is saying is like, Hey, you know, they usually release like a $1 20 max. It's usually about 47,000 entrants. And then as that one fills up, uh, you know, within like the hour to lock, 
they will usually open a, up a second contest. And then that one will be like two to three uh, thousand entrants. So much smaller, but an opportunity to play another contest under $3, play another good contest, right? So I, I, I do think it's good to play both of these contests. And I think that, you know, another really good spot where you could take advantage of a second contest opening is the $4.20 max. So the, the, the you know, like fair play guidelines or, or whatever you want to call it is the the thresholds for like where sharp players can play is they cannot play contests under $3, but they can also not play contests under $5 where the prize pool is less than 25,000. So a lot of times the $4.20 max is like, it's, it's, it's $4, but the prize pool is like a hundred thousand, 150,000, uh, really big prize pool. So everybody has access to the contest, the Uticows, the, the petty thefts, you know, the, the giant squids, like the, whoever, right. So, all of those guys can play the $4.20, but that second $4.20 max that opens up, that is, you know, uh $10,000 price pool. One, the entry fee is under $5, and then two, now the price pool is under $25,000. So I think that's a really good contest to play. That is one that I would be, uh, that I'm looking out for, like on a night-to-night basis when I'm playing on DraftKings, is uh, that second $4.20 max could be a really good contest to get into. But just a note there, back to your original question. Frankly, I am not um, thinking. Well, well, let me say this: the one dollar twenty max, the big one, and the one dollar twenty max, the smaller one. I am not building separate builds for them. So, so what I'm probably doing is I am doing one build, and then I am filling both contests from the same build. So, for me, both contests would have the same number of min uniques. Um, I think it's really hard to manage a lot of builds when it comes to NBA DFS and with late breaking news. So I'm mostly only splitting up my diversifiers and my elevators, my diversifiers, like my 20 and 150 maxes, my elevators, my $1 and three maxes. If you're not familiar with the DFS profit plan, you can find it over on our YouTube channel. Uh, We reference it a lot here on the show. If anybody doesn't know where to find it, just ask in the chat and I will direct you to it. But for, for, you know, they're both a 20 max, regardless of the entry size. Uh, the sliders don't change that much, right? So if it's like a 20 max, I'm building on 10 to 50,000, which would be like 336. And then one to 10,000 would be 325. So ownership goes down one tick. Sim diversity goes down one tick. The value I gain from that uh, is not really worth the headache to me. So I, I'm not somebody who is going to be changing the mini uniques from one 20 max to another 20 max. I could see why you would want why why that could make sense because at a contest with such lower entrance you are not so concerned about getting diverse and then you'd want to just play more of the best plays so mike i think your logic here makes sense uh you know in this smaller contest you want to just play more of the best plays and you don't need to get as diverse you're probably more concerned about getting diverse in this uh bigger contest so definitely see where you're coming from i think the approach is okay but I would be, um, I, I'm just somebody who's not building different builds for different 20 max contests. So that's kind of what it comes down to for me. That's kind of my deciding factor. Uh, but if you can, if you can do it, man, more power to you. So, all right, everybody. Uh, those are our last questions in both the YouTube chat and the discord. I do have some follow-up to do here. I got to watch this tennis DFS video for chase. And then I have to, 
uh, talk to Jordan about how he leverages the sim data over on underdog and, uh, you know, takes advantage of that draft format. So I will get back to both Chase and Brian on tomorrow's show. But until then, if you guys are building lineups throughout the day, have questions, throw them in the office hours channel. That gives us a steady uh, queue of questions to get us rolling for tomorrow's show. And keep your eyes on some of that info that we talked about in the uh, Basketball Monster Injury Report review. You know, some of those teams we called out, some of those uh, situations we called out could be a good spot to add value. And if you can find a way to add value to the Sims, that is only going to help you. All right, Aaron said, What's your favorite site to get NBA news? Thank you. Uh, it would be that basketball news dashboard that we just reviewed here. So it's uh, beatbasketballmonster.com, and they have a player news dashboard. So I think that's great for, like, pre-slate stuff. And then uh, Underdog NBA is really quick with starting lineups, with news throughout the night. They do a great job. So a lot of times what I'll do is, like, after log, I'll put in tweet notifications on for Underdog NBA, and then I'll just turn them off at the end of the night. So that way, if I'm out and about, uh, I can get alerts and see if news is worth swapping for. All right, Brian said, when you're building lines manually, what should you choose for your correlation, ownership fade, and sim diversity? Yeah, so, I mean, frankly, I'm not somebody who is uh, adjusting the sliders too much beyond what the end, what what the sliders are doing themselves. So when you click manual mode, this gives you the ability to adjust sliders as you see fit. Uh, but you can see them change, right? So if I'm building a single entry, um, you know, under a thousand entrance, my sliders are going to be one zero four. And then if I'm building a 150 max over 50,000 entrance, my sliders are going to go up to three, four, eight. I really don't think you need to do too much manually with these. Uh, they are like risk appropriate or contest appropriate. So, you know, as the number of entries you get in a contest increases, as the number of entrants in the contest increases, uh, these sliders are going to move up. This makes your, this makes you get away from like some of the chalk. This makes your lineups more risky in a sense, but it is also a way to try and find high upside plays that other users are not playing. So that is why ownership fade increases. That is why sim diversity increases, as opposed to when we're you know a single entry. Uh, ownership fade is at zero, and sim diversity is lower. With sim diversity lower. You're going to probably have less players in your player pool. You're going to be playing more of the chalk, especially because we're not uh, trying to get away from the chalk as much with ownership fade. So all, all this is, you know, the, the sliders kind of tell you the story of what we believe you need to win a contest, right? So you're not, you're not so worried about getting away from the chalk in a small single entry contest as you are in a big 150 max contest. I would trust the sliders. I don't think you need to do any manual adjustment to them for the most part here. I think that your biggest value add is going to be in the post build, managing risk to specific players, managing risk to your portfolio via min uniques. Uh, what min uniques does is that it guarantees that X number of players are different from every other lineup. So if this is at two, what this is telling me is that in all 20 lineups I have, at least two players are different from every other lineup in the set. So I think that's a great way to manage risk, uh, you know, review stack types, review team stacks. How many players from one individual team are we playing and, and are you comfortable with that? So I think that, you know, your biggest value add is always going to be in the post build here. And I wouldn't worry too much about adjusting sliders. All right. Well, uh, we are going to wrap it up there. So until tomorrow, everybody, good luck in your contest. I will talk to you then and I will get back to the people that I said I would follow up with. So 
Take care. See you.